Hey guys, welcome back to Whatsoever is True. I am your host, Jason Quarrel, the uh, author and uh, here at the blog. Don't forget to check out the blog, whatsoeveristrue.com. All over the place out there. Uh, and we got a lot, a lot of great material on that blog. So whatsoever true, whatsoeveristrue.com. Uh, go, go out, check that out. A lot of, lot of good stuff. I wrote a piece the other day about the, the Capitol Hill riots and, and of course, the protests and the riot. Today, I, I want to talk about something that's very important, is that in Romans 8, we, we read that, that we shouldn't set our minds on the flesh. That the idea is to learn to think according to the Spirit. Set your minds on the things of the Spirit. That's a part of the Christian life. And the greatest tragedy going on right now, and you're seeing it everywhere, and this, is, this, this podcast is going to be, this is intended to shake you awake and, and to correct some error of thought that is, is literally could make a shipwreck of your faith and, and also will prove as a great, a great dividing line, you know, separating the wheat from the tares, if you will. Now, let's start with, with Proverbs 14, verse 15. The simple believes everything. The simple is, is you're naive. You're, you're not thinking your way through life, and, and that's what the Bible calls simple. You haven't put your flag down in terms of what you really believe and thought it through. So therefore, you're easily misled. So the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives and gives thought to his steps. All right, and it goes on and says, of course, one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil. Cautious because you realize that you're living in a fallen world, and we have a fallen mind. We still are in the flesh. Go back to Romans chapter eight and says, you know, for the mind that's set on the flesh can't please God. It doesn't want to please God. It's hostile to God, and and even when he does the things that would be righteous or pleasing to God, you're only heaping judgment upon yourself because you're acknowledging that you know what the right thing is to do, but you want to do it for your own glory. Okay, so the fool is reckless and careless. Reckless and careless doesn't mean they drive at the wrong side of the road or they drive too fast and, and, and not necessarily thing, although that could be a case, but that doesn't mean you're a daredevil physically. What it means is that you're living in God's world, a world you know you didn't create, and you know it has moral laws, and you keep working to suppress that and avoid the obvious. So where does this come in with, with politics? Let's talk about it. So right now, as I'm speaking to you, I think the, the, the House is debating whether or not to, to impeach President Trump a second time in, in, in one calendar year, uh, in 12 months, uh, over his role, they say, in the, in the riots last week when people stormed the Capitol and, and there, was, there was a lot of destruction of property and death involved as well. Um, and so people are quick to opine on that, what they think and, and what they should be doing and do you support this, do you support that? Listen, and this is where I want to get into this. We're Christians and we need to feed on the word of the Lord so that we renew our minds. That's Romans 12. Okay, that's the commandment. It's, you realize that, right? It's a commandment. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I'm going to go on so far to say this. First of all, if you if you think that that is just a suggestion, not a commandment, then you're really in, in, in serious trouble. And you, every thought should be guided by the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is is perfect. Reviving the soul, making wise the simple. Sweeter than anything you can have in this, this physical life is knowing the word of the Lord. Now, Moreover, by them is your servant warned. I'm quoting Psalm 19. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Consistently throughout Scripture, the Lord warns us that violating His moral law is going to lead to pain, alienation, you know, aloneness, despair, uh, conflict, even violence and bloodshed. 
all the way down that rabbit hole. And keeping his law and turning to Christ in faith and living by faith, you will lead to life and joy and peace. The issue here is that we're talking about politics, and I want to let you know that the word of the Lord is powerful and efficacious to help us make sense out of what's going on with the political world. Too many Christians right now are thinking, well, what do I think? What do the Republicans say? What do the Democrats say? What does the Libertarians say? You know, the Council of World, we just talked about this. What does the scripture say? That should be the first thought in our head, and we need to train ourselves the way a boxer would train to keep his hands up, right? The, the, the way you learn to avoid getting punched back in, in the face with a counterpunch, you want to train yourself as a Christian to think biblically. Now, clearly the Bible is not going to tell you, you're not going to go to Genesis 51, guys, and there is no chapter 51 in Genesis, incidentally, and if you didn't know that, well, okay, you're going to get reading, let's get studying, but uh, there's no Genesis 51 that says, hey, uh, John, marry, marry Sue and move to Chicago and, and open up a, a, a Chick-fil-A franchise. It's not going to do that. That's not what we mean when we say that the word of the Lord is a lamp to your feet and it's going to make straight your paths and so forth. What it's going to do, though, is give you principles of godliness that you will then apply to the particulars of your life and time. That's what the Bible means when it says it is the truth. It is not to say that the non-believer doesn't know anything factually. It simply means he has no wisdom. And we live in a day and age where people have a lot of technical knowledge, but virtually no wisdom. And there's nothing been more evident than this past year of 2020 of so-called experts who had no wisdom. Now, back to the riots, back to the impeachment, back to President Trump and Vice President-elect Biden and all of this stuff. Let's, let's, let's consider this. Before we begin to speak of politics, we need to speak of the scripture and what the scripture says about the state. Now, what's happening is that a lot of us have fallen into open idolatry. I, I hate to say this, but there's a lot of Christians that I know that are so ignorant of scripture that the churches aren't teaching them. And incidentally, churches that do not have pastors that are consistently in the word of the Lord, speaking about sin and repentance and, and, and discipleship, need to be avoided. Those are really pulpits from hell. They are doing more damage than, than, than your favorite politician could be doing that you dislike, that you disapprove of, because they're not teaching the principles of the Lord. They're telling you that you can go in and get a sermon and feel good about yourself, and it's kind of namby-pamby, it's kind of vanilla, it's, kind of, it's neither hot nor cold, that kind of thing. So let's be, again, serious. What, is, what are we talking about when we talk about politics? Now, the idolatry in a state right now is that, the, 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 especially the Democrats, believe that they can fix everything through the state. If you have a grievance, if you have a problem, the state will fix it for you. The problem is that that's completely unbiblical and idolatrous. Okay, so you're not going to have peace on earth. When you're looking at the riots last week at Capitol Hill, and you're looking at the riots all last year and, and throughout almost every major city in the United States, one major city, Seattle, incidentally, was literally taken over and declared a foreign nation, a new nation. So when you consider people saying that, that last week was an insurrection at Capitol Hill, I want you to put that in the context of major parts of, of, of U.S. cities were burned down last year. There was a Wendy's burned down in, in Atlanta, not too far from me, because there was, a, there was a, a black gentleman shot who was in a scuffle with police, and so it was in a Wendy's parking lot, so protesters burned the Wendy's down. 
And you might think, well, how is that justice? What did the Wendy's have to do with it? Right? I mean, Wendy's is in there making burgers and fries and, and trying to take care of their job, and you burn the building down. And you sit back and say, oh, well, they had insurance. Do you realize how unchristian it is to say that? That is a horrific thing to say about us. And this was going on all last year. All last year. And people, because you get this type of foolishness because you're not thinking biblically. So you're not going to get peace unless you have holiness. Okay? And we are not holy. And without holiness, no one will ever see the Lord. That's Hebrews 12, 14. Period. Clear and simple. Remember, you're not going to... So these are weighty words, guys. And I'm, I'm going to quote... I'm going to quote from uh, one of my favorite sources. Uh, James Montgomery Boyce wrote that because they show exactly why human efforts alone will never bring in the kingdom. For an essential element of what of that promised reign of worldwide peace and righteousness is holiness. You want worldwide peace? You need holiness. Because people who aren't holy are going to be in conflicts with one another. It's that simple. So if you want to get upset with the riots, you have to understand the source of these things. And that is mankind in reacting to their own sin, suppressing their own sin, trying to make other people pay for their own sin, or trying to fix other people's sin through means that are not holy. Now, I'm not saying there's no point in life for legislation and rule of law, but we need to have this in the proper context. Okay, so back to Boyce. He says, and holiness is a one thing no man apart from Christ possesses. Let's not be deluded. No, not even by the idealism of our time. Christless peace conferences will never abolish war. No United Nations will bring in the kingdom without the king. The one essential element of holiness will always be lacking without Christ. All right? That's the key to here. You're not going to get peace without holiness. If we keep trying to fix this, that's what I mean by the simple. That's what Proverbs means by the simple believes everything. When you hear politicians talking about you're going to, you know, you're going to make America great again. And I know that's you know, Donald Trump's, President Trump's slogan. And it has some validity insofar as it goes. Uh, or you hear that you're going to be able to heal ra racial divides and so forth. You will not do any such thing without holiness. And you're not going to have holiness without the imputation of that through faith alone in Christ. That's it. If I'm wrong, then you can point to me someplace on earth where everybody's at peace. Everybody's getting along. Right? There's some time in history where everybody did. It doesn't happen. Because mankind is sinful. Mankind wants to play God by, by judging right and wrong on their own terms, which leads me into politics. So, when people start talking about politics and they're talking about impeachment and so forth and so on, what I want you to consider to think is this. And if you, you can, you really want to shut up political argumentations that are bad. Ask somebody, and ask yourself this even, and, and more appropriately, what is your theory of government? Okay? What is your theory of government? You're going to get a blank stare because people haven't thought that way through. What, they, what they're doing because of sin is that we're thinking in brute facts. We've got everything dis disassembled. There's no unity to knowledge. That's what the Bible would refer to as wisdom and foolishness. Wisdom in Scripture, we know that everything comes back to God and His Word is ultimately authoritative. The principles. So the principle here of what about the Capitol Hill riots last week? Well, they were wrong and those were evil. You, you violated property rights. You, you, you broke property and you assaulted people and you violated the existing law. You initiated force. So that would be a violation of God's law. The only, the only right to use force is in defense, self-defense. 
If somebody initiates force against you, you can defend yourself. Okay? What about the riots? Like I mentioned the Wendy's getting burned down. Clearly, that was an evil act. No matter what your goal is, the fact that if you, if you were there, let's say, for example, you listen to this, and you were there during the riots that burned down the Wendy's in Atlanta last year, and you were, you were upset that a, a, a person was shot and killed by police, and you think that was unjust. You were duty-bound to deal with that through the courts and the law. Now, you would say, in one case, that if you want to march in City Hall, go march in City Hall. Burning a private business down is an especially grotesque form of injustice. And that was going on last year on a major scale and is a far greater sin than what happened at Capitol Hill, because Capitol Hill happened at one point. Now, people are going to say, well, that was insurrection. There was no order to that that was going to try to overthrow anybody. There was no attempt to do it. They weren't armed. They couldn't, they couldn't actually fight their way through. It was a, it was a riot. That, that's what riots do. Um, so if there was an actual, you know, le- there were logistics to it and the whole bit, then that's a different story. But people are, are, are hysterical over it because they've lost the context. They lost the context because they can't think in principle. The principle is that anyone who riots and initiates force is wrong and they deserve to be met with the full force of the law. There you go. Okay, whether, whether you're doing it from the right wing or left wing, violating the law is wrong and God frowns upon that. Now, which gets back to, okay, so wait a minute. So what is government supposed to do? And this is where the, the gist of this, my theory of government has to come from the scripture. The scripture says the civil magistrate is God's. So to help you out so we get, a, we get a full understanding of this, and I'll do it quickly, you can always go back and re-listen to this part. The civil magistrate is God's minister. He's God's servant. He is not an independent agent. When you hear today that this is what democracy looks like, and people are in the streets shouting and screaming and protesting, and some people rioted and so forth, democracy is, is simply the rule of a majority. So a pure democracy is unbiblical. You cannot vote on, on right and wrong. Guys, you can't do that. There must be a moral law that we can't trespass. The civil magistrate is defined by God, not by man. And so when people say, you know, this is a threat to our democracy, America is not a democracy. It was set up to be a democratic republic, and a republic is a rule of law. The Constitution in, in, in Section 1, Article 8, actually breaks down for us the things that the government can actually do. And it's not much. They can coin money, they can raise an army and navy, they can fight off foreign enemies, uh, they can you know, set bankruptcy laws, and, and they, can, they can do a few other things in terms of, of regulating some commerce and, and punishing counterfeiters and so forth. But the civil magistrate, according to the U.S. Constitution, can't do much beyond that. I would say, and this is another podcast from another time, that 99% of what the federal government does right now is unconstitutional to so the entire government is rogue, if you will. But anyway, getting back to this point of the, the, the Bible is what gives anyone authority. There is no moral authority apart from the word of the Lord. If you say that's not true, then you're now saying that someone has an independent authority outside of God. That is not biblical Christianity, and you're going to have to, you're going to, have to consider that deeply. That's why I meant about this. The simpleton believes anything and doesn't think it through, so he's careless. He's not, like I said, he's not driving down the road without a seatbelt on. He's doing far worse than that. He's telling God he's a liar. So the proper thing to tell the government right now, which I'm going to say, is the government needs to understand that it is not God. It needs to act within its biblical mandate, which is to punish evil according to God's standards. If it does anything beyond that, it is now acting outside of its mandate. 
the, say the mandate for a father. I'm, a, I'm supposed to be the father of my own children, a child. I don't have any authority over your children. If I go over and start telling your children what to do, I'm violating God's moral law. And thankfully, the civil law, the civil message, still recognizes that, well, for the most part. Okay? But God sets all authorities up. So when you read in Romans 13 that we should all be uh, in subjection to government authority, the governing authorities, for there are no authorities except from God. And those that exist have been established by God. Now, people misconstrue that one all the time and think that anything the government does is good. No, as a Christian, I'm speaking prophetically here, as I should, to the government to repent of its sin of making up moral law. It's supposed to be punishing evil. And that's the context of, I can't avenge myself. That's what we're told in Romans 12, leading into that passage. Nor can you. We can defend ourselves, but we can't avenge ourselves. So what this is going to, ready for the, this is a theory. Government only gets involved as God's minister to punish somebody that you could have defended yourself against, but you didn't for some reason or another. You're a victim. Does, does that make sense? Think about this. I have no need to be avenged because you don't want to give me money so I can send my kid to another, a, bigger, a better school or buy him something new. If you come over and... If, you come over and steal money from me, then I could I could defend my property if you came over here. But if you were here when I wasn't here, or you overpowered me, which is a manifest impossibility, by the way. I'm just kidding. Um, then I can call the police and they will avenge me. I'll go round up a posse and go get you. That's what's supposed to happen. There's supposed to be governing authorities to def to avenge victims. So that's the case. Government gets involved for that purpose. And, and the Lord says, right in Romans 13, and for this reason you pay taxes. Now, from there you want to vote. You can vote for who's the new uh, civil magistrate, who's the new sheriff, or who's the judge. Or, but everything is flowing from the government doesn't bear the sword in vain. Now, you see on police cars today uh, that to protect and serve. Well, they got it all back. They have it all backwards. It's to serve the Lord and punish evil. And, and what we have today is we have a culture who doesn't believe that it, it's under God's authority. Whole swaths, even in the church, we just don't think we're ever going to be judged. We think we can do whatever we want. We're going to get away with it. That's not true. God isn't just going to overlook your sin. If you just overlook sin, what is the cross for? Remember, you're either going to live by faith and submit to the authority and the lordship of Jesus Christ and under his word, or you're going to have to pay the sin penalty yourself. And baby, you don't want to do that. And if you're looking at the first rumblings of all the riots that we had this past year and the one at Capitol Hill, this is a rumbling of a bunch of people living by their own law, self-rule. Autonomy is self-law, auto-law, okay? So you're going to get more and more violence. So what is your theory of government, Christian? Your theory of government is that there are no authorities except from God. And all the authorities that exist, and that's the church, family, state, exist because of God. And everything has to say, what does the Lord say to me, his servant? In Romans 13, it says three different times that the civil magistrate is God's minister or servant for our good to keep the peace by punishing evil. The civil magistrate is not the church. It cannot make people good because, like I said, that has to come from holiness. That comes from the imputation of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, the only holy person to ever live, through faith alone. And that's the church's job. No force involved with that. You want to ignore the church? Go ahead and ignore the church. The church cannot pick up the sword in the New Testament era, in the era of grace. Okay?
Now, all of that said, I hope that starts to make sense. What is your theory of government? Your theory of government is that the, the, the Lord tells the civil magistrate to punish crime. It's not supposed to be trying to balance out what they call social justice. That's, that is so preposterous. There's only justice. There is no such thing as social justice. The Bible never mentions it because it's a complete fabrication of modern atheists who want to use the government as the church and the family. It wants to tell you that it will eradicate the problems of sin without Jesus Christ. It will usher in a new age through getting even with people who put you down. And they put you down obliquely, I guess. Or, and, but your ancestors put down. So that will, that will now be paid back to you by punishing somebody else. So it's just a question of getting, getting something for nothing and, and using the government to oppress people. Now think about this. If, if, you, if you are thinking that the United States is a racist country, the answer to this is to say that the, the, is the gospel. We have to change hearts and get the civil magistrate out of, say, in Jim Crow laws, where the government was enforcing discrimination. The government should only enforce the law. If someone attacks you, defrauds you, steals from you, the government should punish that person, regardless of their race, class, sex, religion, whatever. The fact of the matter is, is that the Lord says, you need to be avenged because the Lord is holy. That's what we should be calling our government back to. Why do we have the violence of the riots last year once again? It's because we're flirting with tyranny and anarchy. We don't believe that God's word is completely authoritative over us, so we're in the process of making up our own law. And now a bunch of, in other words, we're playing God. And a bunch of little gods are going to fight with each other. That's why you're seeing the riots. People are taking the law into their own hands. And the law, in this case, the government, in this case, needs to be called to repentance, and it needs to stop of, with the socialist schemes. It needs to repent of that, turn its back on that, and, and look forward to enforcing God's moral law justly, equitably, and treating everybody the same before the law. That should be your theory of government. Any other theory of government begins to transgress the separation that God put in the, in the Bible, that God communicated to us between the church, family, and state. If the state tries to become the family or the church, it's going to create more evil. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And so if you're wondering why everyone is not getting along right now, it's because of that. We need to recover the biblical understanding of, of, of really the rules of life. And then we need to speak the truth of the Lord to even the government. Okay? So if, if you get asked that question, what's your theory of government? The, the, Government is God's minister for our good, and it does that by punishing crime, period. It doesn't get into anything else. You start doing anything else, and you start getting past this mandate, and it's for this reason you pay taxes. This avoids all of the, the, the there are no contradictions in this. They'll say, well, what about the poor? What about that? That's not the government's concern. The government's concern is crime. If a rich person defrauds a poor person, that's a crime. If a rich person attacks a poor person, that's a crime. It doesn't matter. The civil magistrate is God's minister. It doesn't use force in vain, but to, to hold back the ravages of sin until the second coming. But there will never be. And when people say, what about the poor? What about this? What about that? What they're getting into are utopian fantasies. You're not going to have perfection on earth until we have the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And unless we admit that and accept it and begin to work on ourselves and to work on eradicating sin from our own lives and demanding that everybody kind of stays in their lane, so to speak, we're just going to create more trouble in another field. We might fix a problem over here and create a bigger one over there. And that's exactly what we're doing. All right. Well, that said, it is time to sign off. I left you with some serious thought. And the major thing is, what is your theory of government? The theory of government is God ordained the state as his minister to punish evil by his definition, not anybody other, not anybody else's. And so therefore, a, a democracy that gets to vote on right and wrong is, 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 is an absurdity. A democracy that votes on derivative issues, particulars, that's fine, right? That's uh, derivative issues. I'm not going to get into all that right now, but that would, that's another issue altogether. But it cannot vote on the fundamentals and the principles. If we do that, and we accept it, and we live in this, and everywhere we go, and take from this is that everywhere we go, everything we see, we should be thinking, what does the scripture say? And then we will have a peaceful life. Not that we won't have challenges, because it's still a sinful world, but we won't be creating problems for ourselves and for our loved ones, okay? May God bless you, may God bless this message, and we'll catch you next time.